On today's episode, we have Charlie sharing his PHT success story. Welcome to the podcast, helping you overcome your proximal hamstring tendinopathy. This podcast is designed to help you understand this condition, learn the most effective evidence-based treatments, and of course, bust the widespread misconceptions. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm an online physiotherapist, recreational athlete, creator of the Run Smarter series, and a chronic proximal hamstring tendinopathy battler. Whether you are an athlete or not, this podcast will educate and empower you in taking the right steps to overcome this horrible condition. So let's give you the right knowledge along with practical takeaways in today's lesson. Thanks for joining me. And I did originally have planned to do an episode on stretching. I was going to just make the title, when is it okay to stretch? Um, But a lot of people have been requesting success stories and Charlie has agreed to come on and share his success story. He was a previous client of mine and messaged me a couple of weeks ago, um, ecstatic saying like, you know, this PHT thing, I can't believe it's finally gone. Or he said it's 99% better. I can't believe it and decide to jump on for recording. So the episode about stretching, when is it okay to stretch? I will leave to next episode and we'll dive straight into Charlie's story. Charlie, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Oh mate, it's good to be here. It's good to be. We finally found a time, a, a time that works considering I'm about 12 hours time difference from you in the UK. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, they're crazy time zone differences, but glad we can make it work. Um, yeah. <clears throat> to start off, can you just maybe introduce yourself and, um, you know, for how you first got into running? Okay. So my name's Charlie Butcher. Um, I'm 39 um, and I live in the UK. Um, so I've been running I've been probably been running actually for nearly 20 years. However, I've only really been running with sort of structure and conviction, I'd say for about 10 of those and probably really only seriously for the last, I'd say six or seven. Um, I, I've always had quite a active, I guess, lifestyle. Um, and, but you know, I, I, and yeah, I played a lot of sports when I was at university and I sort of ran casually um, through my twenties, but I only really got into it probably seriously in my early thirties. Um, and, and yeah, and, and then I came, I came at it from the wrong angle, really. I, I was, um, I started ultra running first, um, which was a bit weird. I, um, was with a friend in London and he suggested that we do some uh, sort of crazy ultra marathon in the Alps, um, a 50 mile race, I think at the time. And, and, and I trained for that. And then, and then I kind of got hooked on ultras for a few years um, and built sort of a huge endurance base with absolutely zero speed and then came at the road running scene sort of the wrong way around and, and, and started doing a bit of road running um, and shorter distances uh, pretty over the last few years. So yeah, that, that's, that's a very, very, very brief history. Um, <laughs> yeah. You are working backwards, like I say, because most people start with a 5k, 10k, then half marathon, then full marathon. And, you know, they work their way through the ranks, but you've gone the totally opposite direction. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's distances I competed at though. Right. So it's not, um, you know, obviously when I started running, I just went running for 5k and then, you know, maybe 10k and, that, and that, that's how I ran for a very, very long time. Um, I used to go to the gym quite a lot when I was, when I was younger um and you know just doing sort of strength work really but it wasn't very structured i mean you know sort of i guess i guess as a young 20 year old guy does you know i'd go to the gym and lift some weights and then i'd i'd run a bit you know in my spare time um and yeah it was only really when i started training for the ultras that i started to 
really think about things like you know mileage and then and then increasing to a bit of putting a bit of structure into my um running so yeah it's it's been a good journey ne- a nearly a nearly a journey that nearly came to an abrupt end but yeah it's uh it's it's, it's been good <laughs> Yeah, talk to us about that because, you know, the PHT symptoms started uh, around like the end of 2020. So um, what, I guess, what was the the change in your structure, change in your training that might have like arose, might have been the cause of that? Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, there's loads of stuff at play, really. So I I ran a race, um, a big, a big ultra marathon called UTMB in the Alps, um, in the August of 2019. Um, and I trained really hard for that over the summer of 2019. Um, but all of that training, uh, as you're probably aware with mountain ultra marathons, you know, it, 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 it's, it's trail running. Um, it, there's a lot of vertical gain in that race. So there's a lot of hiking involved. So whilst I was running, you know, 80, 90 mile weeks in my peak weeks, a lot of that was quite low impact stuff um you know a, a lot of just long days out in the mountains so my body was used to the mileage um but then i, I basically finished that race i thought right, I, I want to um run a quick road marathon um so i started running with the guys from my local running club and sort of threw into the spring of 2020 i was due to run the london marathon in march 2020 um and sort of trained very very hard for that and we all know what happened then <laughs> that race got cancelled due to covid um and i just really just carried on running i mean you know big mileage for me you know for 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 a normal guy who you know who who had a family and a job etc i was running 80 90 miles a week the whole of that summer um training really really hard and just desperate to run the road marathon so i thought you know i was in quite good condition i was in good shape and i was like you know i really want to do this i really want to get the opportunity to do this and i had this like laser like focus and i look back at it now i mean man i was i was pretty a little bit mental in a way you know like completely obsessed with this goal um i was doing some hill sprints in july of 2020 just outside my house here um in in rygate in surrey and um i tweaked something i tweaked i didn't know what it was at the time i i got a very sort of sharp pull on the inside of my left sorry my right knee um and at the time i thought it was the top of my calf um anyway i took a few days off and I jogged on it after a few days and actually it was fine. It, was, it wasn't like a normal calf strain or what I thought was a calf strain. It, it, it sort of seemed to have recovered quite quickly and I started jogging again and, and within about 10 days, you know, I was running again, you know, I was running up to decent mileage and I think I did my first sort of hard workout about two weeks after that. So it didn't really set me back. Um, but unbeknown to me at the time, actually what I'd done is I'd, I'd, I'd tweaked the bottom of my semi-tendinosis muscle muscle one of my hamstrings and um anyway i carried on training but as as i was training at this point um i I should add actually i had a race booked in in october um so this was pretty late i was into august now and i started sort of doing that final 12 week build up to up to this race and every time um you know i had a coach at the time every time he set me a harder session um things like sort of Mon- mongetti fart legs you know these kind of like shorter speed works or just things like one minute on one minute off every time i had those short reps i really got a bit nervous and i started to feel like it wasn't pain but it was just a real awareness that there was something not right in in, in that leg um i just couldn't i i I, just, I was scared to generate speed basically it just felt like a kind of restriction anyway i <laughs> carried on training i do doing all the wrong things really but i was just so so obsessed with doing this race did the marathon and and you know thank 
the running gods that I was able to do that um, in, in a weird way because the last that was the last time I ran without any pain um, for well up until very very recently. So I ran the marathon um, and then took a bit of time out and and ever since then I've been battling the, the, this hamstring issue. Um, it was interesting because I had it diagnosed quite early on by a very good physio here in the UK um, who did some ultrasound and he said, yeah, you've got a tendinopathy of your semi-tendinosis muscle. Um, so one of the uh, kind of internally rotating hamstring muscles. But initially it was down at the bottom, so it was down by my knee. Um, and, you know, as I guess people are, you know, as, as devices nowadays, you know, it's okay to keep running. <laughs> I, I never clarified what that meant, so I did keep running. So I, I was running, I was running too much, um, and started loading, loading the the area. Um, but once again, you know, in hindsight, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but it was it was it was just I was just overloading the structure so much. Um, and eventually, this 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 issue moved its way up the muscle and um, came up onto the ischial tuberosity and became like a classic PHT. Um, and and that's that's how it all started. Um, and yeah, that took me through to sort of December, 2020. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and that's kind of, and, and that was, that was the beginning of, of, of sort of a very long story. Um, so yeah. Kind of reminds me of like a plantar fasciitis thing that just like creeps up on you and mm. it like just throughout your training and it's just like, you're slightly, um, during those speed sessions, just slightly overdoing it, slightly overdoing it. And then it like just carries over into something that just becomes more annoying and more obvious and then more localized. And, um, I've actually heard a couple of times people strain their hamstring muscle belly and, you know, they manage that. And then back at training, they like, it just like your experience slowly molds into something higher up and more proximal and more around that sitting bone after that, something further down and, like the actual cause of that, not too sure, but it's a pattern that I see sometimes. Um, so it's not an anomaly for you to, to, you know, report that. Um, but I do think it is quite common for, like you say, you, you just have more awareness around that particular area, feeling like the leg isn't right and just like being really fearful or shy to do speed work and not too sure why. And then just like, as the weeks go on, and I guess the um, weeks of mismanagement just slowly tends to reveal itself more and more, become more localized and like, oh, that's where it is. It's high up in my sitting bone. And um, yeah, just like the awareness just becomes a bit more localized. Um, would you agree with that experience? Like as you go over those yeah, months and weeks? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I mean, we, I mean, the, originally he, he only scanned that part of my leg, right? Because that's where the original injury was. So, so I don't know if, if there was kind of a, a developed tendon issue up on the sit bone and actually then it just manifested itself down, down, down by the knee. You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, cause you, you can have these things without, without pain symptoms. Right. So it, it could have very easily been that. I'd, I don't know, but it was definitely an insidious, slow, yeah, kind of build up. I mean, we've all had injuries where you're running along and, and pop and, and you limp home or you get a taxi or something and that's it. Right. And, and that was my experience of injury. And this is why, I made all the mistakes I did initially is because my experience of injury was right. You get injured. Um, you take a bit of time out. Um, and as soon as you can run again, really, then, then I'd always sort of run and I'd kind of, I'd, I'd kind of try to sort of strengthen my way and bully my way out of these injuries. Um, and, and it worked, you know, because with soft tissue muscle, well, I say soft tissue, but, but the belly of the muscle stuff, which I'd always seemed to have done before, you know, there's loads of blood flow into that area and I could, 
you know, I could heal up pretty quick. And, and this is why this got so chronic is because I was trying to do this and I had no understanding of, of, of how to heal a tendon. You know, I, I just had no, I mean, I had Google, but you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> you can go down rabbit holes with Google and, and get yourself into a hole there. So it, yeah, I got myself into a real sticky situation with it. Um, and actually looking back now, if I'd have managed that correctly, you know, over those first few months, I think I'd have probably saved myself a year of a year of time. Well, I'd have saved a lot of time. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's it, it it just it grew and grew, and it, there was never a time when I suddenly thought, "Bang, that's gone." You know, it, it and some some runs were better than others, and you know, this is the classic thing. One 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 day it would be a one out of ten, and it's getting better, and then you know the next time around it would be a five out of ten, and there was no. I couldn't put together a pattern like in hindsight. Now I can see the pattern, but then I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't associate the heavy strength work I was doing, you know, with, I was like, Oh, is that making it worse? Is that making it better? I wasn't giving anything time to develop and, you know, and, and yeah. And obviously that's something you have to do with this condition. Yeah. So over time, like, as you're talking like over, you know, the period of years, um, how were the symptoms behaving? Like, you say that it wasn't necessarily following a pattern, but were symptoms changing at all? Were your effects on training, was that um, changing at all? Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah, so symptom-wise, um, it went from being very localized initially um, and, and purely kind of in that, that that single muscle, sort of the semitendinosus, so the inside of the, of, of, of the leg. Um, and symptoms were brought on, Oh, by all the classic things, you know, hill running. Um, actually, it's always been a problem is, is downhill running, um, I guess, because that, that muscle, I, I, I'm quite tall and, and I've got quite a long stride and, and, and that muscle, you know, I think from what I understand is, is very heavily involved in, in, you know, when, you, when you're sort of full extension. So, it, yeah, it, but it was always in that, in that area. Um, but over time, um, those symptoms just started to move around and, 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 you know, I'd start to get, I started to get pain on the right side of my knee, um, on the outside of the right side of my knee and, and, and in the belly of the muscle. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it was always, I could always trace it back to the, to, to the original injury and, and but, but the symptoms just were just were so random. Um, and they were moving around the whole time and, and it, and it got really, really frustrating to the point that I, I, I was convinced that I had like five or six different injuries. You know, I was convinced my whole right leg was falling apart at times, you know, and I was trying so many different things. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't realize that obviously I didn't understand about the sciatic nerve getting irritated. And, and, and looking back now, that was definitely, there was definitely a neural aspect to all of this as well, um, which we discussed when we spoke. But yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, the, the symptoms just got worse and worse if I'm totally honest um mm. I never really got any pain with sitting initially um that's something that developed um a sort of a bit later on in the story um after I started riding the bike more actually um in, in a bit to want offload the hamstring I kind of made it worse in that way but um but yeah it, it the symptoms were all over the place and my tra my training just oh it was just so frustrating I, I was I was kind of you know and this is where this whole you know, the mental aspect of dealing with an injury came in and I was really bad at it. And, you know, this is where, I, this is where I've had the biggest learning through this whole process. I, I, I was just constantly trying to get back into training. I was, I, you know, I was, I was any time I got a good, t like maybe a week of training where I, the pain was down at a one out of 10, for instance, for a few runs, I was like, right, okay, I'm in. And I'd email 
my coach, right, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, right, set, set me some stuff. And I'd go and do like a week of like sort of little workouts. Okay, yeah, I'm getting through this. And then I'd just have a massive flare up, you know, like an absolute yeah, a biblical flare up and and then just have this crashing low that I'm sure lots of people can appreciate and understand, you know, and just feel really rubbish and then go back to square one. And, and it, it, I was just in this absolute cycle of, of boom and bust, really, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, and earlier you said that um, you couldn't really find a pattern with your training, what would flare it up or wouldn't flare it up, but then you, over time you ended up, you know, maybe isolating those aggravating factors. Were those mm-hmm. the, the downhill running and the speed sessions that you described before? Yeah, so, I mean, to be honest with you, so I, this, I mean, I should probably just, yeah, at this, or the story, what actually happened is I, I ended up getting to the point where I bought a bike in um, in May or April last year, and then was combining training with the bike and with the uh, and with and with running kind of. So I'd run one day and I'd bike the other day, and that that was working, you know, obviously because I was offloading, I was, I was taking the impact away. It, it seems stupid in hindsight that I didn't pull all this together, but I. I got to the point where I was I was cycling loads and the cycling was kind of making me actually really tight um, and I didn't really pick up on this either. Um, and so whilst the hamstring was actually kind of responding quite well at that point, um, I started getting some other symptoms of tightness and actually got to the point in May last year where I just completely stopped running um, and I, I stopped running for four months um, and it's only been in this sort of comeback to running that I've made since sort of October last year that I've managed to put all these pieces together and work out how to sort of manage this condition and and, and actually dare I say I'm touching a big bit of wood in front of me right now but you know, get over it and, and, and be running without pain right now which is unbelievable um, but yeah it's it, it yeah I would say that that the key factors in hindsight for me with strength work which is just the absolute the most important thing I did um but then just 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 slowly working out over time what worked for me and and more importantly what didn't work for me in terms of of training and and load um because it's this 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 tendon you know it it, it, it's one of those things I mean I say I'm over it I'm gonna have to manage this tendon probably for the rest of my running career it's a grumbly tendon you know it 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 it, it can it, it it will react badly if I overload it in the wrong way. However, I've now worked out how to train to a pretty decent level for me um, and and not overload that structure and put the strength training in the right place. And it's amazing how just little things like putting the strength training on this day and then giving myself just enough break, even even just an extra five or six hours in, in, the, in the rest for that tendon before I use it again, however I'm going to use it, it will make such a difference between getting a little flare up or not, you know? So... And that stuff just, yeah, it just took a lot of working out um, mm. and a lot of trial and error. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I guess quite early on you were doing that strength training. Um, mm-hmm. Were there any other initial um, modes of treatment that you attempted like yeah, during that lo- particular trial and error phase? Yeah, loads. Um, so I so, so I started strength training probably in January or January last year, and that was during lockdown, so I had to order a load of weights to home, which my wife was pretty pleased about as they arrived in the kitchen. But I, um, yeah, I started doing some very, you know, good strength work, heavy strength work, and I immediately felt a huge benefit to that. Um, 
but the the error I made was I then started running, um, you know, the day after because I still wanted to train. I still had this kind of mindset. Of, you know, I, I, I want to stay fit, and you know, I'll give myself my body time to recover really. But I'd, and actually, the running, you know, the, the level of weights I was doing, and you know, these these heavy deadlifts and stuff, it, it my body needed probably two days really before I ran. Um, in hindsight, but in answer to your question, yeah, I. I had shockwave therapy um, in February, March last year. Um, I've also had a steroid injection. Um, I had that uh, actually more recently. That was in October uh, 2021. Um, and I've seen a lot of physios. And I've spoken to a lot of people. I've spent a lot of money. Um, I've tried everything. I mean, I literally, you know, I, I, a, anything that I felt would, would improve the condition I've tried. Um, and I've, I've soon realized that, yeah, there's no magic bullet to all of this. I mean, there are things certainly that help, um, but there's no magic bullet. Um, but yeah, I mean, sh Shockwave was good. Shock, Shockwave did did help me. Um, and it, it didn't cure the condition, but it definitely helped me. And, and the cortisone injection made it a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a um, pretty common pattern that I hear. Well, um, I guess with the Shockwave, uh, what the shockwave can make things feel better, but also needs to be accompanied with, yeah. you know, the right load management, the right strength training, rehab, you know, um, all those other variables, because a lot of people think um, that the shockwave is actually meant to heal the tendon or has a role in healing the tendon. But in fact, it just um, helps with the symptoms. It doesn't actually change the mm -hmm. structure. So that's why the strengthening and everything else that goes alongside it needs to be alongside it so that uh you know we want long-term success um so i guess with the idea of shockwave and you said that there was a benefit did you like in hindsight looking back um was it the other stuff like all the other stuff the running the training which you know yeah. kept the injury um like symptomatic yeah i i think my problem was i was trying to advance and this is sort of the biggest takeaway and, and, you know, the biggest bit of advice I'd ever give someone who has it is I was trying to advance through the steps too quickly. Um, I was always keen to jump on to the next stage, you know, because if I had a good couple of days, I'd feel like, Oh, we're getting progress here. And, 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 and so I think that the strength work was absolutely key. And, and, I, and I got that right pretty early. I had, I've done a lot of strength work in the past. So I, I had, I had a really good routine for that. What, what, what was causing the issue to, to continue for the continual flaring was, was, was just too much running um, and, and just not accepting. And, and this is the, another big takeaway is that I was trying to maintain like a level of aerobic fitness that I didn't need to maintain. Um, I, I, you know, fundamentally the aerobic fitness was never going to be my limiter with training. It was always going to be this injury. Um, and I, you know, and also I was there like going for long bike rides. And obviously there's a, there's an enjoyment factor to all this, right? So you want to get outside and you want to enjoy stuff. And I, and I get that, but I, I was, instead of giving my body just time to heal and absorb the strength work and, and let the changes in the tendon take place, et cetera, all the, all the good stuff that strength work does, I was then running on it to sort of maintain this aerobic fitness, which was completely pointless because whilst a bit of running is okay, it, you know, I was running, sort of, you know, 10 mile hard tempos on the road, you know, up on rolling hills and it was just flaring up and it was just utterly ridiculous in hindsight. And I don't know, it, you know, and, and this time round, you know, as I came, when I came back to running in, in the autumn, I, I just said to myself, right, you're going to run 
five, 10 K three times a week. And you're going to jog and you're just going to take it really easy until you're doing those runs pain-free. Um, and, you know, I even started off doing a, a jog walk pattern, you know, which for me felt utterly crazy, but it, it, it didn't matter because I wasn't trying to get aerobically fit. All I was trying to do at that moment was just heal the tendon and get the, the body used to running again. And that, that shift in mindset was the key for me. Um, it was never going to be, you know, even now it's not aerobic fitness that holds me back in my training. It's, it's man, it's making sure my, my muscular system is strong enough to do it. Um, and that, that, that for me is, has been the absolute key. Um, so I don't know if that yeah. answers your question. I'm just, I'm just waffling on. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's useful. It's useful to know. Um, like you started doing your strength training well before we started working together. Um, so I'm just out of curiosity, what were, the strength exercises uh, that you f- you found that was like really beneficial for the tendon. Um, did you have any particular favorite? I know you said it was heavy lifting, um, but any particular favorites that you think might have been beneficial? Yeah, so it it was heavy lifting. So so, so deadlifts um, were were absolutely key. But I had to be quite specific with the deadlifts because because my hamstring muscles were were quite sort of strong. You know, there wasn't really an issue with the with, with the strength in the muscle, it was, it was trying to therefore make sure that I did the deadlift, you know, in such a way that I managed to actually get the load into the right part of the hamstring, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I was doing a lot of single leg work. Um, so the single leg deadlift, um, I actually found split squats really useful, um, quite heavy, uh, sort of Bulgarian split squats, um, going quite deep. So really getting down to put some compression onto the tendon. Um, I also found, uh, hip thrusters and then I would do sort of a single leg hip thrust with a light, I mean, not too heavy bar. And I mean, this sounds quite difficult to set up, but then I'd have a leg slider underneath my heel and I, I gently just sort of slide the leg away to get sort of an eccentric movement. So it's re- I mean, good exercises. And then I, I got the, uh, my latest purchase has been the Nordic, uh, the Nordic curl machine that you, or the Nordic curl bar uh, that you recommended. And I've, you know, that's been great actually, because that's something I could do very easily. Um, so I'm sort of in a maintenance phase now of rehab. I'm still doing it, but I'm, I'm just kind of doing enough now to keep symptoms settled. If you know what I mean, I'm not, I'm not sort of manically sort of obsessing with the strength, strength work. I'm trying to like bring the running forward and do enough to keep the tendon stable. And that's, that's a brilliant piece of kit. But yeah, a- a- anything that I could really get some compression on that tendon with and, and put the load into it, into the tendon. Um, so yeah, I, I messed around with loads of stuff. I, I found for me though, yeah. I needed I needed heavy weight. I needed to really, you know, body weight bridges and stuff. They were good, um, but only really in that initial phase. I really needed some really really heavy weight on the bar and to really sort of just just work the tendon. Yeah, quite hard. <laughs> yeah, and I was quite impressed when you know we started work together and you you were talking about these ongoing issues and like the mental aspect you know really taking effect and just really frustrated but yeah. i was actually quite impressed with all the the proactivity that you had been doing you know the the strength side of things and how um you developed that i guess was there a well we know there is a turning point in your rehab somewhere but i guess at the rate was it like a um a slow turning point that slowly started to tilt things in the right direction? Or was there one moment, one pivotal moment that sort of shifted the course of your rehab to make things like significantly better? Um, maybe just talk us through where that turning point was and exactly what, what might've been the cause. Yeah. So I, it's, it's interesting because I think I'd got close before. I think I got close last spring to turning the corner. Um, 
because I think the strength work was working. I was just overloading the muscle with the with, with too much running. Um, and then, ironically, I turned my back on it and just started cycling. And I didn't do a single didn't do a single squat or deadlift or something. You know, I didn't do any strength work. I just went on my bike, and actually, it was fine. I, I had a good time, but I didn't. I, the, the hamstring just just I forgot about it basically. Um, so I it was, I got back into running in in the autumn, um, and it, I, immediately the hamstring hurt. It actually hurt more than it had done before because I hadn't done any of the stuff. You know, and it was suddenly trying to run on it again. And I, I had this cortisone injection, and, and you know, and I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was. I was completely my decision. I sort of pushed, pushed the guy to do it, but it was completely the wrong decision in my opinion. Because it, by me, because it, it just made symptoms a lot worse. Because my body kind of, I, I don't know. I, I then just started running more, thinking, oh, I can run more again. Because it didn't hurt, obviously, because I just had this shot of, sort of basically a giant painkiller into, in, into my tendon, and and then made it even worse then because instead of just going away and doing the rehab which everyone says you should do but i didn't you know i i just i just ran on it and it, and it just got worse so i think then i i i immediately that that's when i had this sort of moment of, right i'm just going to get this better and, and and that was that mindset shift you know it's like right sod this i'm, I'm just going to get this thing better and i'm just going to do whatever it takes to get this thing better um and if i get really if i lose all my aerobic fitness i don't care i'm just going to get this better so that was that was the first kind of prominent shift in my mindset it was like just 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 focus and getting this thing better um i then yeah i think i spoke to you around this time um and you know and and, and just came up with some sort of way of putting everything together because that's what i was struggling with was getting everything into into a working week you know making sure i was hitting the right spots and you know i i didn't do anything fundamentally different with the strength work i did less of it I wasn't doing it every other day. I was doing it twice a week, maybe three times a week max. Um, having a really easy day after the strength work. Yeah, maybe even just, you know, doing nothing, God forbid. <laughs> you know, having, having a rest day. Um, and and then, you know, just doing very, very, very easy running um, and sort of just jogging, really, um, just to sort of get the body used to moving in that respect. But you know what, the biggest, the big, and I did that for about three or four months uh, through Christmas. Um, and you know what the biggest turning point was actually, and this sounds really weird, and this probably wouldn't be the same for everyone, but it was actually, uh, I think with the strength work and the running, I, I, I was, you know, the, the body was getting itself into a position where the, the tendon was, well, the tendon was certainly getting much better function, but the rest, I, I hadn't really thought about how my body was moving as well and i actually just spent some time you know just just really working on, on my sort of my release work and just thinking and you know i got onto a foam roller a lot you know i've been hours on this thing and really just trying to loosen everything up um i stopped cycling as well um completely i'm not saying that's the right thing to do but for me it was, it was actually really irritating the tendon on the sit bone um so i stopped doing that um and, and i just yeah, and over time, that that was sort of the, I just started to run a bit more, and and it just started to feel like my body was just functioning the correct way, because obviously this injury had had come on because of, of of an issue somewhere in my kinetic chain, somewhere so you know so there was some, there were things that weren't moving properly that that caused this 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 hamstring to get overworked and this tendinopathy to develop. So, and that that was actually the big change. That that was kind of in conjunction with the strength work and everything else, it was just really focusing on, 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 on getting my body moving the right way. And that, that sounds very vague, but I was, I, yeah, it, 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 
it, it really did work for me. I've spent a lot of time sort of sitting on, on, on the roller and, and I had a lot of massage work just to sort of really loosen everything up. So I kind of just locked myself up um, with, all, with all the strength work. Um, I then started introducing some, some slightly quicker running. Um, so I started just doing the odd sort of set of strides here and there, but being really, really careful with not, you know, because my, my big problem was, was always doing too much. You know, I was always, always doing too much. And I'd never, I'd, I'd never give the dose of exercise, whatever that dose was that day, I'd never give my body a chance to show me if that had hurt, if you know what I mean. I'd, I'd never... So if I ran, I'd then do strength work in the evening. This is this was the old me, and then I never quite knew what had caused a little flare up, whatever. Whereas this time, I was just like, right, I went for a run. Right, I'm going to do four strides. You know, I'm going to do four hundred meters sort of you know, eighty percent effort runs, and I'm going to see, and I'm going to leave it for twenty four hours, and I'm going to see how that. And you know, and then okay, that was okay. That was okay. Right, okay. So and just building through that and writing everything down. It sounds really kind of like almost over the top, but it worked for me. It really did work for me. Um, and, and, and yeah, now I'm running, uh, I mean, 50 miles a week. What's that in Ks? I don't know what that is in Ks. About 80 Ks a week or something. I don't know. But yeah, and, and you know, I'm doing, you know, up to sort of 10 mile, quite hard sort of tempo runs. Um, and, and, you know, it's unbelievable how it's changed, turned a corner. Absolutely unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I never, ever thought this would happen. I, I, I mean, I, I texted you, didn't I, a few weeks ago, and I just like, I cannot believe this happened. I'm still, I actually think that, the biggest issue I've got to overcome now is my my brain is still fixated on that point in my body. Like it, my brain, the, the the connection between your brain and, and, a, and a sort of a chronic injury. I mean, I guess everyone knows this, but it, it's unbelievable how focused I am. Even in, you know, there'd be nothing wrong, and I would just I'd be, what was that? What was that? You know, yeah, running along. What, what, what was that? Uh, you know, and it, and even in the middle of the night, I'll sometimes like I'll. I'll, I'll kick my leg out and sort of like put a bit of pressure on the you know like sort of almost doing a bridge in bed it sounds weird but you know like just sort of doing that sort of that movement and it oh that, that it's sore and it, it's not sore it's at, it's not sore but it, my mind is it, that that's been the challenge now is actually just getting over that kind of that complete like hard wiring i've got between the tendons in my brain um but yeah and, and it's still taking some management right it's not I, I'm not, I said to you before we started recording, you know, it's not like it's, it's been some things, it's, it'll probably always be a grumpy tendon, right? It's, it's always, I'm going to have to manage it. Um, and, you know, I did a, I did a hard run this morning um, and this afternoon, you know, it, was a, it wasn't sore, but it was like, you know, I, I, it, it was, I was aware that I'd done a harder run than usual, but, you know, that I know now I'm confident that by tomorrow afternoon or, you know, I've just got a rest day tomorrow, but by the next time I run, it'll be fine. And that's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's, take, it's a, lot, a lot of things at play. <laughs> Definitely a lot of things. A lot of things need to be at play for you to overcome it because like you say, in the past, there's been one or two things that have helped, but the rest has just um, made things worse or just, you know, fallen back to the same. Like you say, the strength training was beneficial but then you know maybe the cycling or maybe the running jumping in too quickly might have just hindered things and <clears throat> makes it very hard to interpret a lot of that stuff which um unpacking a lot of your um turning point i guess that that moment it was one having a, a plan like just having things written down on paper and making sure you you're doing all the right things day by day and then just 
alongside doing all what I would call the short-term pain relieving stuff, like the massages and the foam rollers and those sorts of things and getting yourself like moving correctly, but then just the patience. So it's just like the combination of all those things. You need to have everything in place, particularly with chronic tendons. You need to have all that plan in place, but then you need the patience to back up and not just get into that same repeated cycle of as soon as you have a couple of good days or a good week, it's like, all right, we're back into training. Let's go. And like repeat that boom bust cycle is um, it's as soon as you catch that particular behavior, as soon as you catch that particular pattern that goes on um, is when you can start addressing it. And it does take patience, which a lot of us don't have um, because this injury is really frustrating. And because as athletes, you know, you want to get back, you want to start training, you want to have an event to train for. And, you know, sometimes impatience just gets the better of us. Um, But the other thing I think is worth mentioning, like you say, if you're introducing something new or like a variable, if you're introducing speed or if you're introducing a new strengthening exercise, uh, making sure you isolate that and don't change everything else like close to that moment because then you can accurately interpret what's happening and you can accurately interpret a change in symptoms and sort of point it to that one thing because you have isolated it away from all other change in variables. Um, Even if you want to introduce strides and then you wanted to increase the weight of your deadlifts, just make sure there, you know, there's a day separating the two. And so we know that um, if there is an increase in symptoms, we know exactly what it was based on when symptoms arose. And so I think that's a particularly nice insight. And then the hypervigilance like that just slowly fades over time. It does take a, a while for that, that brain rewiring to happen. But as soon as you start having a lot more successes, then, you know, the brain just starts the relevance and the priority of pain or that particular area just starts to creep down and, you know, just eventually sort of drifts off. I know I had a, um, a tendon flare up on the inside of my knee for, uh, it was, years that it lasted and I was at a very mild form, but I remember driving and in my right leg, I'd always like rub my thumb over it just to see if it was still sore. And that was just a habit of mine. And even when it was a lot better and I had months of it being pain-free when I was driving, I'd still like as habit, just like, you know, get rubbed the inside of my knee to see if pain was there. And it's been, I catch myself like maybe once every six months doing it just purely out of habit, but I haven't felt pain there for the last three years but yeah you know just the brain you know rewires habits and hypervigilance is a very real thing because when you do have chronic pain it is such a high it's so, so high on the priority scale of the brain that it's just really tough to calm down once symptoms uh improve the the brain takes a lot longer to you know reprioritize things than symptoms take to settle so um yeah that's more of a, a patience side of things yeah it- and that's it right it's just it's amazing yeah once you do start you know, once you just once i calm down i mean it literally was that once i literally just you know i let myself calm down i sort of got off this you know as you say that sort of boom bust cycle where you just you know i've got i've got to train for a race and, and just i'm just i always fell back into the armchair a bit and just like okay just just let yourself heal here and let the body let the body do need, need and it sounds so cliche because you read it everywhere but it's very very it's easy to say but it's very very hard to do um but that's but that's when it started to click into place um and it is interesting as well the point you make because i you know there's been days where i've done a run 
and then I've done my, I, I still do single leg deadlifts um, and some Nordic Nordic work as well. Um, I try and do that a few times a week, maybe three times a week. Um, and I, because I'd run that day and I knew I had a long day at work the next day, I was like, I better switch that into tonight. Um, I was going to do it the next day. And I did it 12 hours early. And this was, this was recently. And the next day I was really, I was sore. I was like, what's going, yeah, what's going on? And, I was, and it was amazing, just that little subtle change, even the tendon that's you know, super stable now, that little change, you know, it didn't create a flare up, but it created a mini flare up that lasted, you know, a day or so. And so it's like, it's, it, yeah, you still got it. it, it it's amazing how sensitive these structures are. And I, and I never, I, I just, as I said, I just try to blast my way through everything with hundreds of deadlifts and, and 10 mile tempo runs and it, just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, the, so the point is, it, 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 you know, there's so much negative stuff about this injury on, on, online and, and you hear so many horror stories and, you know, and, and, and it, I genuinely believed, especially after I've had this for, you know, 12, 13 months, I was like, this is going to be, this is, this is it. This is, this is game over. And actually I, I cannot believe how it's turned this whole corner. And, and it just goes to show that something that, you know, it was a really, you know, it was, sore i couldn't sit you know i i was thinking about it all day long it was it was it, 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 i don't want to sound dramatic you know with what's going on in the world at the moment but it, it really was kind of really affecting my life you know like it was, it was kind of ruining my life i remember sitting there my son was being born in the hospital and like you know just, just feeling my sitting on this chair with a sore bum you know because this blooming tendon like and that's what i was thinking about was like your son was being born and like you know that sounds crazy but it, it was and you know from some, it took away like there's a massive part of my life in running, you know, running was, is, is I mean, my wife said <laughs> completely, it's everything, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I love it. And, and, and suddenly when that's gone, I can see, you know, I'm sure lots of people who listen to this will, can probably understand it, it's huge. And it, it's, a, it really is a nasty injury. So the fact I've got over it, you know, I, I thought I was never going to get over it. Um, I'll probably go and get something else now, but yeah, I've, I've learned so much about, I've said, I've just learned so much about dealing with an injury from this. And I think actually having an injury like this, it, it makes you, yeah, it, yeah. I just feel like I can, I feel like I can, I can tackle anything now. You know, I really can. I've, just, I've learned so much about how the body works and yeah. I mean, and the other, the other bit of advice I'd sort of say as well is, is speak. Yeah. Don't, I try to Google my way through this at the start and, 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 was jumping between different sort of like theories and how to do it. And, and the best thing I could do was speak to someone who could actually put it all together for me and try and, and, and look at it, you know, objectively from the outside, because when you're in it and you're trying to like come up with theories and, and if you're obsessed with it and you want to get back, you, you do find yourself going through these internet sites and reading this, reading that, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to buy this supplement. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick. 18 needles in my other leg, you know, and it's like, you, you end up sort of just like losing the plot a little bit. So it's, it's quite good just to get some, to get some guidance and advice from someone on the outside, I think. Yeah. And just you just talking about that, there's like a ton of takeaways and you've already shared so much already. Any other final takeaways or bits of advice for people with PHT that are, might be in the same scenario you were, um, you know, a year ago? yeah i mean i mean obviously i've just said don't give up because I mean, that, is, that is the biggest one um I, I, yeah i mean the, the big the biggest thing for me is is, is you know it, when you do something when you do your, your deadlifts um or when you go for your easy run you know just give your body just just trust me just give your body time to to, to 
and and you know everybody is different right and, and you need to work out how long you know it's going to take for that tendon to 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 be ready to do something like it again, basically, just just give the body time to, to do the to do the work you're trying to you're trying to induce by doing the strength work, basically. Um, yeah, allow the strength work time to work, um, and and that, that was that, that was the big one for me. Um, yeah, and 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 I mean, I I just I think as soon as I accepted I wasn't going to be racing until it was better, um, and and that just took a huge weight off my shoulders as well. But you know, I was meant to do loads of races in 2021. I signed up to another marathon this spring. I signed up to loads of races, and all this was kind of like playing on my mind. Um, and as soon as that that kind of got white, I was like, okay, it's fine doesn't matter just take as long as you need to take um but yeah it's, it's very very easy to say in hindsight man if you just spoken to me at the time i was, I was going mental <laughs> yeah and it seems like you have very realistic expectations about moving forward with this and like yeah. you say understand that it's just management and i guess the encouraging thing um for me to say is that all the hard work that you do put in with the strength work and with the building up mileage, then slowly introducing like strides and tempo stuff, like all these, the planning and also the progression means that the tendons developing, becoming more resilient so that, you know, if you were to elevate your training and your overall dosage, then it does become more resilient. And if there, do, if there is a flare up that does happen, it is like a, a bit more of a mini flare up. It only just happens over mm-hmm. 24, 48 hours and then you're good to go. That's a good sign of a strong, robust kind of um, resilient tendon that's been uh, adapted to several different elements of training, several different intensities because you are doing the slow stuff, but you are also doing some quicker stuff and you're also doing the slow, heavy stuff. And when the tendon adapts to all of those varieties, all of those intensities, that just makes it more robust. And so if it were to um, become irritated because of some abrupt change or some fluctuation or you um, pushing the envelope just that little bit too much, then it's only just a minor hiccup and then you're back um, to your normal routine, back to your normal training. So I do like that you have that realistic expectation that you're not out of the woods you're not like a hundred percent free to do whatever you want it's still like a a conscious effort to manage the loads but find yourself in a very very good situation yeah and you know i'm not i'm I'm not training anywhere near the way i was in the summer of 2020 you know yeah and i mean i don't know if i have any massive desire to do that anyway because it's probably you know it's it's why i got injured right I, i did too much um you know and another little thing i've done i mean this is this is just a very sort of um yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if, if runners around the world do this, but I always trained on a seven-day cycle, right? And in that seven-day cycle, I'd do one speed session, one sort of tempo-y threshold session. I mean, this is this is very generic. And then I do a long run, right? So that's four, three sort of quite hard sessions in seven days with a rest day in there. And I've gone on to 10 days now. And, you know, that, that made it. So immediately now I, I, do, a, I do a harder session. I, I always have a minimum of two days recovery. Um and, and for me, you know, I'm 40 next year, so that that's probably applies, more, you know, certainly to people like myself who are getting older and you know can get beaten up a bit more. But just little changes like that, you know, just 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 always erring on the side of caution. And you know, the, the biggest thing in run, running is consistency. It's you know, it, it's showing up every day and 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 and, and getting you know every day. You know, okay, okay, <laughs> something like you know, it's, it's showing up and just getting consistent blocks of training in, and it's no good 
training really well for two months and then getting an injury, you know, what you need to be able to do is, is train consistently over time and, and, and whatever you can do to keep yourself injury free um, is, is the most important thing, right? And then I, I just find erring on the side of caution now. You know, if I wake up in the morning and I've got any doubt, I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'll, you know, I'll go easy today and I'll, I'll do the harder session tomorrow. Um, and that, that's been a huge mental change for me. Um, yeah. Well, I want to congratulate you. I think it's a, it's, um, quite a journey with a lot of lessons along the way. And I'm kind of glad that we organized this success story, like so far down the track. Um, because I just have a feeling that you've spent the last couple of months feeling really good, but also kind of working things out and sort of making sense of everything that happened in the past, because like you say, in the heat of the moment, um, it's really hard to grasp what's what's working, what's not working, doing so many things at once and along with the pain and then the frustration, all these sort of things can kind of jumble things up. But um, I think at this particular phase um, of your journey, you've got like a, a clear head um, while you're getting, you're sort of fitting the pieces of the puzzle together. And I think you've, you know, mentioned a couple of times already, like hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it seems like, you know, things are now just all falling into place. All the pieces have come together, all the errors that you've made in the past, like the successes within those particular errors. And um, then just eventually, you know, finding those pieces of puzzle and putting it all together and then being able to share it on this episode at this particular moment of your journey, I think is um, really good timing um, and really good for the listeners to kind of disseminate and kind of work out this particular condition and uh, uh, some tips and tidbits to help them with their recovery as well. So thanks a lot for your, um, the, for being patient, for doing all the right things, for sharing this story and helping a lot of people. And thanks for coming onto the podcast. No, I'm at all. I um, Yeah. I wish everyone the best of luck with it. It, it can get better. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much. Absolutely. You're welcome, Charlie. Thanks once again for listening and taking control of your rehab. If you are a runner and love learning through the podcast format, then go ahead and check out the Run Smarter podcast hosted by me. I'll include the link along with all the other links mentioned today in the show notes. So open up your device, click on the show description, and all the links will be there waiting for you. Congratulations on paving your way forward towards an empowering, pain-free future. And remember, knowledge is power. Oh,